Hello, Chatter Gang, and welcome to another episode of the Chatterstorm podcast. More specifically, welcome to Babel for Baldur's Gate Part 2. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the weirder cards in the set and the potential commanders that we think look the most fun. But before we get to the good stuff, we have plugs. If you're not already, you should follow us on Twitter at ChatterstormPod, and you should check out Through the Cinderine, our weekly newsletter, to keep you up to date on the standard meta. There's a lot going on in Standard right now, and there's a lot of interesting stuff happening, uh, and you're going to need some help keeping up. We're going to be in this Standard for a long time. Nothing is going to change until September, so the sooner you get to grips with it, the better. One final quick note from us. All of our content is free, so we hope you love it, and if you do, then the best way to support us is to tell a friend to join the Chatter Gang. So Josh, when you were looking at Battle for Baldur's Gate, was there any cards that caught your eye that you had to read twice? I definitely saw a few that I thought were quite weird. What about you? Yes, definitely. Um, So one of them was Illithid Harvester, which is um, four and a blue for a creature horror. It's a four, four, and it has adventure. So the adventure um, spell is a sorcery called Plant Tadpoles, and it's X blue, blue. And it reads, Tap X target creatures, they don't untap during their controller's next untap steps. Okay, so it's like a, I mean, it's like a sleep effect for X mana. Mm -hmm. Now, the creature side, which you can cast after you've cast the adventure, it reads, Ceramorphosis. When Illithid Harvester enters the battlefield, turn any number of target tapped non-token creatures face down. They're 2-2 horror creatures. Which, yeah, I had to read this a couple times because, so the the basic idea is you pay blue, blue, X, tap any number of creatures, put them to sleep for a turn. And then the next turn you Mm -hmm. play your Illithid Harvester and target and any number of creatures that are tapped and you turn them into two, two horrors and they're face down. So I guess they lose all abilities, they lose all creature types and everything like that. But yeah. It's not the only card I've ever seen which cares about face down cards. Like you've got like the morph mechanic and manifest um, and uh, Ugin the ineffable puts cards face down as well. But I think this mm-hmm. is the first card I've ever seen which takes a face up card and turns it face down. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I don't know why it's been done this way. Like most of the time you'd expect an ability like this to... Uh, like you'd expect it to read target any number of tapped non-token creatures those creatures become two two horrors and lose all other creature types and abilities like you'd expect it to read Mm -hmm. something like that but it doesn't for some reason this this is turning things face down and i really i can't think of a good reason why the play design team have chosen to do it this way unless it's foreshadowing a future mechanic that cares about cards being face down. That's the only thing I can think of. And that's very exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like you've missed out the weirdest part of this card. Which is? Why is the, why is the adventure called Plant Tadpoles? Because you don't plant a tadpole, in case anybody was unaware of that. Well, you, I guess you don't, no. Um, but let, let me read this out. So this is from the uh, Forgotten Realms wiki. Ceramorphosis was a bodily change that occurred when an illithid tadpole reached maturity and was inserted into the brain of another being, usually a human. The tadpole ate away the victim's brain matter and essentially replaced the brain, erasing all of the subject's personality and memory, but leaving the physical body alive and under the tadpole's control. So that's what this card is doing. You plant tadpoles in people, and then when you uh, cast Illithid Harvester, Ceramorphosis occurs to kind of emulate those tadpoles reaching maturity. That makes sense? Yep, I'll be honest. Wish I hadn't asked now. That's really gross. (laughs) Another card, also a blue card, that caught my eye as I was reading the list of spoilers was um, Timora's Invoker. That's one and a blue for a one three orc rogue, which has an ability called sleight of hand, which reads you pay eight colorless mana, draw two cards. Uh, so what do you think of this, Sarah? What, what do you think of that rate? Um, garbage. <laughs> Is that why it caught your eye? Because it's absolutely awful. Eight mana to draw two cards. 
it seems it right it seems pretty garbage not not i mean we say you say seems yes you say seems it is well yeah change my mind go 10 seconds change my mind um okay uh how many seconds left (laughs) you've wasted like five of them now by the time i finish talking you've lost spectral sailor there you go spectral that's my whole argument okay i'm gonna have to remind myself so spectral sailor is a single blue mana for a one one ghost pirate or something it has flash it has flying and it has um you may pay three and a blue draw a card and spectral sailor is a very good card it gets played um in you know any pirates deck any spirits deck uh it's it's a really strong blue card um and it's really strong because that option to pay four mana to draw a card stuck onto a creature it's repeatable it's instant speed and that's all really good uh mm-hmm. so this is just this is just double that this is eight mana draw two cards it's the same rate and spectral sailor was a really strong card for that reason sold no i understand i get that it's repeatable i get that you can just pay eight and it's eight um of any color but still Oh, I can play sixteen mana to draw four cards. I don't. It doesn't. I don't know when it. When does it get better? Um, okay, good. That was actually a test. You should not have been sold by that argument because the <laughs> big, big difference. The big, big difference is that um, let's say I don't know. You're on turn four or five. You can trigger Spectral Sailor um, and draw a card. Mm-hmm. You you do not have the option to pay four and draw one card with Tamura's Invoker. You have to pay eight yeah. to draw two. And that is actually, I think, a lot less powerful. Like when you when you're when you're paying mana in bulk, you should get some kind of discount. Like seven mana draw two is a slightly better <laughs> rate. But uh yeah, I, I honestly I, I think <laughs> I think that Spectral Sailor is just strictly better than this card. Um like a, mm-hmm. a two mana one three body is kind of irrelevant. Orc Rogue are good creature types, I guess. But yeah, I think uh, Spectral Sailor is just strictly the better card. Um, I'm sure there's a way to break this card, though. Uh, Like, this is a cheap spell that you can get down, and then if you are able to um, make infinite mana, then, you know, all of a sudden this is just a, a slam dunk win con. But... The caveat is that a lot of magic cards are better when you have infinite mana. This was what was I was about to say. Uh, yeah, if you have infinite mana and you can't win, uh, you're probably not very good at the game. <laughs> and especially yeah, exactly. in blue, where you have so many things that like mean you have no maximum hand size, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like in blue, drawing as many cards as you want and having infinite mana probably should be able to win the game. I still think even if you had infinite mana i'd still be pissed at playing eight to draw two cards it's just not a good way i'm wondering like whether or how much would you have to reduce this by for it to really be broken like if you're if you've got a couple of cards in play that reduce the activation cost of this um of this ability how low does it have to go before it's really busted i think even if you got it down to like two mana draw two cards i still don't know if that's worth all the effort like you'd really need to get it to be yeah. free and i'm sure there's a way to do it so i think this is a breakable card but yeah i don't think this is very good it's a weird card weird okay design. so you didn't you just pick okay so you just picked it because it's weird not because you think it's good yeah, I, I, I just you know I, I saw a two mana one three with eight mana draw two cards and I just it's just weird. Eight. Yeah, it's really odd. Eight mana. <laughs> yeah. it's like, should I cast this Eldrazi Titan or <laughs> should I draw two cards? Draw two cards. <laughs> well, that is that is a tough question. I suppose because it is eight um, of any color, you could make it free. But still, I, st- I just I think it, it's not worth it for a creature that can also be killed really easily. Like well, there'd be yes. so many pieces you'd have to put together to make this ability worthwhile. And I feel like by the time you did that, probably remove the creature anyway. 
That's true, but this is instant speed. So, like, if you were to play that yeah. last piece, then you could just uh, put all of the triggers on the stack as many times as you want. So, yeah, it, it's it's it is a breakable ability. It's a powerful ability. Instant mm -hmm. speed, repeatable card draw is very powerful. Um, that's probably why they put such a high rate on it. Um, I don't know whether that was it was just too much. Like this is unless you are breaking this card, it must be terrible. Um, okay, so one of the cards that I found particularly weird, mainly because it's in a commander set, is called Banishment, which is three and a white mm -hmm. for an enchantment with flash, and it reads: When Banishment enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent an opponent controls, and all other non-land permanents your opponents control with the same name as that permanent until Banishment leaves the battlefield. So. The ability that it gets rid of everything with the same name, I just mm. don't feel is particularly relevant in Commander, aside from those staples that everyone maybe has, like Soul Ring. Okay, well, so let's take that situation where you're targeting Soul Ring with this. So for it to be worth taking out Soul Rings, you've got to use Banishment early. Like, if somebody plays mm -hmm. a Soul Ring on turn one, and then uses that Soul Ring every turn for, like, eight turns, then they've gotten, like, 16... Yeah. Maybe 14 mana out of it. And like, what the hell is the point in exiling it at that point? Um, so let's say you're casting Banishment on turn four or maybe turn three. How many games do you play where the, your three opponents all have soul rings by turn three? This is what I mean. This is why I don't understand. It, it's, it's a standard card. It, surely it's a card where you can play multiples of the same card. Like, what's mm -hmm. it going to hit? I play Commander pretty much every week, and I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that anyone's had the same card on the battlefield at the same time, mm -hmm. and it probably is a soul ring. And like you say, are you waiting yeah. for turn? Like, yeah, how, how long do you wait? Because if, if one person's got eight mana out of it, by the time you can remove that and someone else's, it's not worth it. So then mm -hmm. what it basically is, is a four mana sort of remove something because it exiles it until banishment leaves the battlefield which just isn't a particularly great source of removal no you're absolutely right yeah there's a lot of like artifact and enchantment removal in commander uh so yeah you know it could be removed um where i think they were trying to go with this card is potentially um tokens because it, it's not great for removing another card, but it does read non-land permanent. So mm -hmm. let's say you're playing a deck, uh, a cat deck, and somebody makes 50 cat tokens. Um, if you play Banishment on a single cat token, I think it exiles all of those cat tokens. Um yeah, and, and then, they then won't of come course, because they're tokens, yeah, yeah they they won't come back. So the I think the best case scenario with banishment is let's say you're playing it in a deck where you can flicker it, mm -hmm. and you can like bounce it, uh, and you're able to basically just answer any person who amasses any number of tokens. Like let's say they put together a board full of spirits or warriors or goblins or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like goblin it would have to be specifically goblin tokens uh, then you like let's say I don't know somebody casts goblin gathering makes like 20, 25 one, one goblin tokens then you pay four mana slap down banishment flash speed and you exile all of them then it is worth it right that, that is good um, um, and I don't know no I'm not sure about that because so I get what you're saying, and that is great. However, for four mana, you can board wipe. Yeah, you could just play a board wipe, couldn't you? And then yeah. tokens go away on board wipes anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so I, I do think that's what they were trying to do with this card. But you are right. I think that this is just not as good as just playing a board wipe that's a lot more versatile. You know, it's it's like a it's a it's a fairly niche ability that's good against certain decks, but uh, but when you get a card like that, you kind of expect them to make up for the nicheness by, I don't know, making it pretty cheap to cast. Uh, yeah. This is, doesn't have that. No, doesn't four mana. I suppose it's Flash, which has somewhat 
of an advantage on some board wipes. I feel like the ones that are instant speed tend to maybe be a little bit more expensive. When I think of four mana board wipes, oh, I yeah. feel like they're all mm-hmm. sorceries. But even still, this is just weird, a really weird card for a singleton format. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I that's that's it's quite jarring to read because it's like, okay, do they know how to play Commander? Right, this is what I'm like, um, did, did anybody check anything? Did this get put in the wrong set by accident? And they've gone, oh, we'll just put yeah. it in, it'll be fine. So another card that made me pause for consideration while reading down the list of spoilers was Emerald Dragon, which is an adventure card. So the instant adventure side of the card is Dissonant Wave. It's two and a green counter-target activated or triggered ability from a non-creature source. Um, And then the creature side is four green-green for a 4-4 with flying and trample. Um, And the reason that this gave me pause was because it is a mono-green counterspell, which I think is is just pretty cool. Like, it, it isn't a unique effect. Like there, so there's a card called um, Bind, which is a, it's a pretty old card. One in a green, um, for an instant that reads counter target activated ability, and then draw a card. Uh, so this isn't it's not like a unique ability. It's not the only green card that's ever done this, but it's pretty rare that we get yeah. a green counter spell. So I mm-hmm. think this is cool. Yeah, I think it's pretty I, neat. I agree. Do you think it's good though? That's the question. Um, yeah, I think it is. I think Emerald Dragon, as in just the creature being six mana for a 4-4 flying trample, is not great. I think that should be, Mm -hmm. if it was five mana, I would say that's probably a lot better. Um, I think it's maybe one mana too expensive. But putting aside my real love for adventure, because multiple things... I feel like the fact that it has a three mana green counter spell of sorts, because it's not it's not a direct counter spell, right? It counters the target activated or triggered ability from a non creature source. Yeah, so there's some st- like... it's not it's not a uh, like there's some stipulations to what yeah. you can counter. Um, I think if it was one mana less to cast the dragon. Then yeah, it would it would it would be a pretty solid card. I think a four four flying is great. Trample less relevant with flying, but still fine. Um, I think it costs mm-hmm. one too many though. I don't know if I would. Yeah. Maybe three and two green would make so, it better. I think those are good points. I still think you play this in a mono green deck because I think it just gives you an additional tool and like yeah. it's flexible enough. Uh, and the flexibility makes up for the kind of pretty low rate on both sides of the spell. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'd, so Dissonant Wave, it, it's just such a... There's so many things you can't hit with this. Counter-target activated or yeah. triggered ability from a non-creature source. So the things that you'd want to hit are like ETB effects, that's a triggered ability, enter the battlefield effect, but those are mostly on creature sources. Uh, So you can trigger the enter the battlefield effect of an enchantment, pretty lame. Um, Hmm. I think you could trigger, sorry, you could counter um, the ability that triggers when a saga has a lore counter put on it. Okay. So that is something, I suppose. Um, Um... What about the lands, like the man lands? Can you counter them? Yep, you could target. Yeah, you could counter the ability that turns them into a land. Um, you could also counter planeswalker abilities with this. So if somebody, if somebody were to yeah. ultimate their planeswalker and you were to counter that, that would be a really good use of this card. But every single other use for it that I can think of is pretty embarrassing for three mana, to be honest. Embarrassing. Um, and how often... <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, okay, I'm going to pay um, four mana and turn my Hive of the Eye Tyrant into a 3-3 three, three with Menace. Uh, oh, no, you're not. I'm going to pay three mana and counter and that counter ability. It. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah I, think... I think that's just like, okay, I was well... I mean, I guess it's not a waste oh, because it's... Yeah. You know, <laughs> 
you're not losing a card for it, but it's 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 pretty it's pretty. Oh, embarrassing! It's embarrassing. It's so mean. I just I can see someone playing it now. There's someone being like, okay, spend your yeah, mana. That's 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 how you would react, really. Like, yeah. It would be like, oh. okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna play this. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna play this. Binding the old gods, uh, and I'm gonna put a counter on it. Ha! No, you're not. I'm gonna counter the the first trigger on that. Like, oh, don't! Right. I'm getting some. I'm getting secondhand embarrassment <laughs> from a not real situation. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, fine. It falls a bit flat. Um, okay, but here's another one. Another big spell but in blue. Uh, Elminster's Simulacrum. It's four blue-blue for an instant, and it reads, for each opponent, you create a token that is a copy of up to one target creature that player controls. So that's six mana, and then for each opponent, you can copy one of their creatures. What do you think? That's great. Like, that that's just, if, weird or not, that's a great card. Six mana to put three probably really big threats on your own board i feel like that's great because by the time you're casting this at turn six let's say you I mean you probably mm. cast it before but let's say you cast it on turn six most people probably have their commanders out by then might want to copy them people are gonna have big threats so that's essentially six mana for three threatening creatures that's just a really mm-hmm. solid card. I agree. I think this is um, very good. I, like, I mean, it is a, a mythic in the set, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the instant speed on this is disgusting. Um, yeah, like that's, that's it's really good. It makes it easier to resolve. Uh, it means you can kind of use it as a big blowout um, or, or a combat trick. Like, there's so many different ways to use it because it's an instant. Um, and yeah, if you cast this on turn six. And you copy your three opponents' five or six drops. That is a huge mana advantage. That's like a potentially eighteen mana's worth of value hmm. that you're getting yeah. for the price of six, um, which is really really powerful. Especially if those creatures have powerful ETB effects. Um, yeah, I, I think I mean this is a really really good card. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a powerful ability, and you're going to start seeing it. I think it's a fun card though. Mm-hmm. I do think it's fun because I think that um, if you do get like your 18 mana's worth of creatures out of it, then yes, you're getting a massive amount of value, but only because your opponents already did. Um, yeah, most fair. of the time, you're probably going to get like one or two good creatures out of this, and that is a lot more reasonable. So yeah, actually, I, I think that this card gets better the better your opponents are doing. And if everybody in the game is doing well, then you're having a fun game. So I, I think it's a fairly well-designed card from that perspective. Yeah, I agree. That makes sense. Um, okay, so another one that I saw was Jahira's Respite, which is four and a green for an instant. And it reads, search your library for up to X basic land cards where X is the number of creatures attacking you. Put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle prevent all combat damage that would be dealt this turn. Uh, so I just like this because I've been hit by Settle the Wreckage a few times. <laughs> Settle the Wreckage, for anyone that doesn't know, is two white-white for an instant that exiles all attacking creatures target player controls. That player may search his or her library for that many basic land cards, put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle his or her library. So yeah, immediately when I read mm. Jahira's Respite, I just had flashbacks to sad times when you have cast Settle the Wreckage on all of my dogs and cats. And this is just... Is it the opposite? What would you say this is? I I think this is like, yeah, it's an anti-Settle the Wreckage. Yeah. um, You you cast it, you fog for the turn, and then you get a ton of lands. Uh, I I think this is really fun. It's great, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really like this card. Uh, I, I yeah, I think you know it's um it's a powerful card. It's a, a five mana instant, which is difficult to hold up. But mm-hmm. I think that this is potentially devastating. Like if you are able to resolve this and potentially survive 
like a, a big powerful attack, get four or five or six lands at least out of it, and then untap. Like this can be a very swingy card. Like the game can go from one, like massively favored in one direction to massively favored in the other off mm -hmm. of this card being cast, which is what Set of the Record used to do, um, which yeah. I think is really fun. Yeah. What's better, Jahira's Respite or Settle the Wreckage? Uh, Settle the Wreckage because it's four mana. That four mana versus five mana is a big difference, I think. Two white, though. Yes. Uh, Jahira's Respite is a little bit more castable. And you're in green, so you're I, I think, ramping. Yeah, also true. But uh, I still I think that four mana versus five is a big deal when it comes to these kind of tight situations. Where you have to try and keep up mana for an instant. Yeah, I think I think that uh, I think Settle the Wreckage is better. Okay. Um, and then last one from me on weird cards. Basically, because I'm just I don't really get it, so I'm just bringing this to you for you to hopefully explain it to me. So it's called Faceless One. It costs five colorless for a legendary enchantment creature background. If Faceless One is your commander, choose a color before the game begins. Faceless One is that chosen color, um, and it's a three-three. So we, we sp mm -hmm. we've spoken about what backgrounds are. Uh, so this is yeah. color fixing, right? Yes. But there are backgrounds that have colors. So wouldn't you just pick the background in the color that you want because it's going to then have a different like even if the ability is not super relevant to you. It's going to have an ability. That's better than just giving an extra color? Yes, you are correct. In Commander. Uh, but this card wasn't printed for Commander. This was actually... Uh, this is printed for Commander Draft. Um, so this card is a background, and it has choose a background. So that no matter what, um, like whether you have a, a Commander and you want this as the background, or you have a background and you want this to be the commander. Um, you always have the option to kind of fix your colors a little bit. And the, the only reason for this is to um, make sure that if you are drafting this set, because that is this is a draftable set, um, it's been designed to be draftable. Uh, so if you are drafting the set and you start drafting a certain color, but you don't get the commander that you need to be able to play that color, uh, then you can play Faceless One and you can still have a playable deck. They did the same thing in the last Commander Legends set with um, Prismatic Piper, which was a five mana, five, five, I think actually, uh, with the same ability, but it had partner instead of choose a background. Okay. Um, so yeah, exact same thing. And yeah, it is just because um, this, is a, this is a drafting set. Despite it being a commander set, it's designed for you to be able to draft. Okay, pause for one second. Um, in case I'm, I'm, in case I'm not the only person that didn't know this, how do you draft a commander set? It's sixty cards. It, it is commander sixty cards. Um, I don't know how many packs you start with. Maybe four instead of three. Uh, the drafting process is exactly the same as normal drafting, uh, and you're putting together a sixty card deck. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Not 100%. Okay, so kind of similar to Brawl, right? Brawl is 60-card singleton, correct? No, because um, Brawl is... I mean, I guess similar to Brawl in that it is 60-card and I'm... Hmm, is it singleton? I don't think it's singleton. Is it... So you just have a commander... But you have a commander in Brawl. Yes, uh, but... Um, so in standard and constructed formats, you know how you can only have four copies of a card, mm -hmm. maximum. Um, that that that's not the rule in limited. You can have as many copies of a card as you want in draft or seal. Huh. This is yeah. just this is a learning episode today, isn't it? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I mean, I don't play um, very much limited, hmm. but I actually had no idea about that. Like, so as in when you're drafting on arena for standard, you can have yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can have as many copies of a card as you want. Um, and it might be the same because there are like, it's. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard, I think. if you Even if you've got four packs, with the way that commons 
are, like let's say you're, you are playing a one or two color deck. Mm-hmm. How many one or two, like how many white or blue common unique cards are you going to actually yeah. see? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure, but I would wager that Commander Draft isn't even singleton. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Well, welcome to the Chatstorm podcast, where even the hosts learn what might be basic knowledge about magic that other people knew. <laughs> yeah, well, every day is a learning day. I didn't know about the um, <laughs> the like multiple copies in in drafts until Kaldheim, um, which like was a few years into my kind of Magic the Gathering and drafting journey. Um, mm-hmm. And I've always liked Limited. I, I just didn't know this. Uh, but there was a card in Kaldheim called Sarolf's Packmate, which was, mm-hmm. um, I think it was four mana for a 3-3 three, three. when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. But it had foretell. Yeah. So you could foretell it. And then for two mana, it was a 3-3, three, three, which drew your card, which is really yeah. good. Um, like it was easily, like, well, not easily, but it was it was probably the best common in the whole set. Um, and I was watching a streamer who took like seven or eight of them. And I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> What's happening? Um, they didn't do very well because it turns out you need <laughs> other cards, yeah. <laughs> not just well, yeah, Pacmate. What do you draw if all your cards are them? Exactly. Draw exactly. into another one? Um, but yeah, you can. Um, you, you can play as many copies of a card as you want in Limited and Sealed uh, and okay. Draft. Well, at least you learned that watching a stream, not playing a draft like and just seeing somebody... Because I, mm. I, if I didn't know that, I'd be like, what is going on with Arena? Why have they played five of this card? And that <laughs> probably tilt me, and then I'd lose. And that'd be the only reason I'd lose, obviously. Mm. Okay, well, yeah, totally thanks have for... have it in the bag. Thanks for that. If your opponent didn't cast eight Sarah's Packmates back to back. <laughs> um, no, no sweat. Okay, let's talk about some of our favourite commanders from the set. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've talked before about how much I wanted to see Gith in this set. I really like Gith yeah. um, as a D&D race. Uh, so my top commander for this set is uh, Lysel Vlarkith's champion, which is two and a white for a legendary creature, Gith Warrior. She is a 3-3, and she reads, if you would put one or more counters on a creature or planeswalker you control or on yourself, put that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. And she has choose a background. So she is a white commander, um, and you can choose a background to go with her. Um, So which background would I play with Lysel? I think there's really only three options for me. That's quite a lot. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it is. (laughs) One is Scion of Halaster, uh, which is one in the black, for a legendary enchantment background, commander creatures you own have the first time you would draw a card each turn. Instead, look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your graveyard and the other back on top of your library, then draw a card. Which is just mm-hmm. good. Like for a two mana enchantment, yeah. it's just solid like um, card filtering in commander. I think it's I think it's pretty powerful to drop. Um The second is Sword Coast Sailor, which is one and a blue, and reads, Commander creatures you own have, whenever this creature attacks a player, if no opponent has more life than that player, this creature can't be blocked this turn. Again, solid. Like, it's just nice to have and gives you access Mm -hmm. to blue. Um, And then the third one is called Master Chef, which is two and a green, and reads, Commander creatures you own have... This creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on it, and other creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter on them. So to kind of recap, Lysel means that if you would put counters on a creature or planeswalker, you put that many plus one on. So I do think that the best synergy is obviously Master Chef, which means that Lysel comes in with... Um, a counter on her and then she puts a counter on herself uh, and then every creature that enters the battlefield once Lizelle is down if you've got master chef down as well comes in with two additional plus one plus one counters um so like there's like a, gr- a green white counters deck which is really solid like i'm sure it would uh-huh. be good 
Yeah, I'm confused as to why you've even thought about the other two. Ah, because um, creature decks are lame, and I don't like them. Uh, so I, I don't want to play um, green, white, plus one, plus one counters on creatures. That that just sounds like something a lame person would play. What I would rather do is play one of the other two enchantments and play like a planeswalker uh, super friend strategy. Um, okay, yeah. So okay. I, I like there are seventy one cards, uh, planeswalkers in black or white, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure at least half of them are worth playing. Uh, so you know you have like thirty <laughs> planeswalkers. Um, you have Lysel, and then it's just like a control deck. And every planeswalker that you, every time you uptick a planeswalker, you are putting an additional counter on it. So like, yeah, uh, I mean that's that's pretty powerful. I, I think that that you could play Lysel in a like black white or blue white super friends list. Um, and the reason I'm considering blue white is because blue white I think has the best planeswalkers. Um, okay, I'm I'm glad you answered that white. because. I was just gonna say that I don't even understand why the blue has made it in here. Like that ability on a three-three creature, where you've said that you don't like putting counters on creatures, seems kind of irrelevant. Like, yeah, even if yeah. you play with commander damage, you're seven turns away from killing somebody with a three-three for commander damage. Um, so basically, <laughs> yes. you are color fixing with the blue. Um, so yes, well, color fixing orders. and it does enable you to play cards like uh, like there's definitely it's a good card. Sword Coast Sailor is a, is a solid card. Like there's there's a definitely a lot of ways you can make that very good, make it worthwhile. Uh, yeah, no, like I think it's I think putting... it's a good background, just not on a three three commander. Um. Well, you could play Voltron-y kind of strategies where you put enchantments on Lysel or any other commander, which yeah, okay. mean you get a payoff when you when you deal combat damage. Um, and you know, like yes, a seven turn clock is pretty long, but it's it's still commander damage, and commander damage is a pretty powerful way to win. Uh, so I, I do think it's good, but I think Scion of Halaster is just a better card. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, so I, I I think if I were to build a deck from this set, I think it would be Lysel, Blarkith's Champion, with the Scion of Halaster background, and it would be black-white Planeswalkers, with the goal of triggering okay. as many Planeswalker Ultimates as I can, and upsetting everyone. Yeah, there are some, there are, there are some good black Planeswalkers with, like, pretty beefy ultimate abilities okay Pretty fine devastating will, ultimates yeah i will um yeah okay i i'll let you off i agree hmm. i think master chef probably still is the strongest most synergistic of of the lot but it's just lame not interested do you want to hear about some of the runners up though how, how many have you picked <laughs> I, I i get excited i get <laughs> I get excited when new commander decks come out. I, I always want to build a ton of decks. One of the decks that I would love to build, again, if, if, if it was just a matter of building whatever I wanted. Oh, okay. Sorry, um, this is another deck, not a runner-up background for... Um... No. Okay, I was going to no, say... No, no, this is an, like... another commander. Okay, fine. So it's Baba Lysaga, Night Witch. One black and a green for a legendary creature, Human Warlock. She is a 3-3. And her ability is tap... Sacrifice up to three permanents. If there were three or more card types among the sacrificed permanents, each opponent loses three life. You gain three life and you draw three cards. Um, And I really like this because I've always liked green-black value, but I think Mm -hmm. that Babalai Saga just seems really difficult to build and really difficult to play. Like, you've got to sacrifice three... um, permanence with different card types so a creature an enchantment and a land or an artifact mm-hmm. and a planeswalker and a creature or something um and it just <laughs> it seems options. really hard <laughs> it seems really hard to like make uh-huh. um 
enough of all these different things to be able to trigger the ability a ton of times. And I think that that makes for a fun brewing experience. So I'm, I'm liking this okay. part a lot as well. Be so this is just like a challenge do. for you, basically. That's yes. why you like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, other end of the scale, though, is Glunch the Bestower, which is one green and white for a legendary creature, Jellyfish. It's a zero oh. 5 It has flying. And at the beginning of your end step, choose a player. They put two plus one plus one counters on a creature they control. Choose a second player to draw a card. Then choose a third player to create two treasure tokens. So it's kind of a group hug commander, mm-hmm. but it's not just group hug. It's it's political as well. Like you can negotiate who's getting what. Um, you can help people out if they need it. You can not punish someone for being ahead, but give boosts to the other players to kind of help them catch up. Like I think that having a glunch deck simply means that more of your more of your games are going to be fun more of your commander games are going to be fun for for everybody okay. at the table uh, and i love that fair enough um i do have a problem with it though why What's does that? a jellyfish have flying Je- jellyfish fly but they they're in the ocean yeah and they they're fly fly in the ocean there. in the ocean um well, if you think about it in the abstract... Is, um, is it a D&D thing? Do jellyfish fly in D&D? <laughs> well, evidently they do. But no, not just like... I mean, look at um, Hydroid Crisis. That's a jellyfish that has flying. Um, look at... Um, what's the... Uh, what's the card? Um, the... Oh, it's a jellyfish, and it has flying. And it's magic. <laughs> oh, thank you. I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> so I've just done a quick search, Sarah, and including Glunch and Hydroid Crisis, mm-hmm. there are nine cards which are jellyfish and have flying. So definitely, yeah, jellyfish, jellyfish fly. No, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, so, I'm disappointed for you that you've never witnessed this, but jellyfish definitely well, fly. I, I've, I've um, witnessed jellyfish. Anybody listening could swimming in it. the sea. Because that's what yeah, they do. well, they they probably don't fly around you out of fear or because they don't like you or something. But fear, we cannot. Yeah. So anybody who's listening, tweet us and let us know <laughs> whether you've ever seen a jellyfish fly. Because Sarah seems to think that they they don't when they definitely do. What about you, Sarah? Are there any legendary creatures in the set that you think would make cool commanders? So there are a couple creatures that have caught my eye for potential commanders but i'll be honest in a set built for commander there's nothing that i think i'm actually going to build um mm. but there is a couple i think are interesting one of which is nearer wild mage costs four blue red for a legendary creature human elf shaman and it's a two seven and it reads weird whenever you cast line. hmm weird stat line yeah right um two seven and it reads, whenever you cast a spell, you may put it on the bottom of its owner's library. If you do, reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a non-land card. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost, then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. This ability triggers only once each turn. And the reason that this caught my eye is I wasn't sure whether mm-hmm. the spell that you cast resolves and then you just get another free spell, or if you're essentially playing a shit spell in hopes of drawing a better one, because you don't actually get to cast the shit spell. And I think that's right. Yeah. I think it works that way around. So you cast like, yeah, I don't know, anything in your hand, you're not particularly bothered about it actually resolving. It doesn't resolve, and then you hope to draw into something great? I think basically, yes, that is it. You want to ramp and get Nira into play, and then once she's in play... Um, like she's i mean it's it's just mental like you just cast something but then it doesn't resolve and you just cascade into something completely random so i feel like the deck would be um stuff to ramp into nearer mm-hmm. and then half of the deck would be one mana really cheap spells yeah and then the other half would be incredibly expensive spells that you never want to pay the mana cost for 
Um, and that has the potential to be an absolutely terrible pile of shit. <laughs> um, but it could also be really fun. Uh, another one that caught my eye, which actually I'm surprised it didn't make it onto your list, Josh. Uh, so it's called Miracle Lord of Bones. It costs four white, black, green for a legendary creature god, 7-5. As long as your life total is less than or equal to half your starting life total, it has indestructible. Whenever another non-token creature you control dies, you may exile it. If you do, create a token that's a copy of that card, accepts it's an enchantment, and loses all other card types. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this is something that would have made it onto your commander list. Yeah, it definitely is. This is definitely uh, this is a bit of me. Um, it just there's there's just so many that like it's it's hard to you have to be very strict about the commanders that make the list of commanders that you want to build and then even stricter about the ones that you actually do build uh and i guess mickle didn't make the cut but this definitely i i I love this card uh i like abzan colors i think they're that's that's uh, yep fun slice of the color pie for me um Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff on this card that's just really weird. Like seven mana is a lot. Seven five is a weird stat line. It becoming indestructible. Um, I don't know. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, it's it's probably good. Like that that that's probably a pretty solid. Like an indestructible seven five is yeah, is real good. Um, and then it has like this. It plays this value game, and I do like value decks, not creature decks. Creature decks are lame. Um, and like the oh god, you're really pushing that this week, aren't you? <laughs> um, creatures dying. Uh, so Miracle allows you to play um, like death triggers or ETB triggers or static abilities or activated abilities. Really, any good creature in the Absan colors is probably good enough for the Miracle deck. But mm-hmm. there are some tricky things you can do with Miracle. Um, which I'm sure a lot of people have already thought of uh, or are already thinking about. Um, and if you're just playing good creatures in Absan, then you're missing a couple of tricks. Like there's some okay. fun stuff that you can do that will leave your opponents, if they've not seen it before, uh, sat across the table from you thinking, what the actual fuck? <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? Um, because just so Mikkel reads whenever another non-token creature you control dies you may exile it and if you do create a token that's a copy of that card except it's an enchantment and loses all other card types right Mm -hmm. so let's talk about planeswalkers for a second so there was (laughs) there was a card printed in uh, Streets of New Capenna um, called Luxior Giada's Gift, which is like an artifact which you can equip to a planeswalker for one mana and turn it into a creature with power and toughness equal to the number of loyalty counters it has, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, Miracle specifically um, cares about non-token creatures. So a planeswalker equipped with, with um, Luxior is a non-token creature. When it dies, you make a copy of it that is an enchantment that has planeswalker Hmm, abilities, but cannot be attacked. Yeah, okay. Well, how can how bullshit is that? Like it can't be attacked, it can't be destroyed by you know destroy target planeswalker. It is a it is an enchantment with planeswalker abilities that that you can barely interact with. Um uh, and, hmm. you know, that also goes for um, Sarkhan uh, can turn all your planeswalkers into dragons. Um, Gideon and Arlin can turn into creatures themselves. So yep. there are, uh, and except for Arlin uh, uh, and Sarkhan, actually, uh, but Gideon is in Mikkel's colors. And so, you know, you can, you can have a little Gideon enchantment that can do stuff, can't be interacted with. Um, but yeah, really, the, the, the broken combo is definitely Luxior, whack it yeah, on a planeswalker, is... get it killed, sacrifice it somehow, turn it into an enchantment that cannot be That attacked. is total bullshit. Yeah. Wait, what was um, your one that you picked? I was, uh, yeah, okay, so L- Lyzelle that you mm-hmm. wanted to build with planeswalkers. 
would you do like a vehicle as a commander and then have Lysel? I don't know. You would not. You just you basically picked because... all the same colours, is, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I have I clearly my colours like, like colour all yeah, all so. of your colours are are Absan or colours within Absan for the commanders that you've picked. So Lysel um puts counters on creatures and planeswalkers, and your planeswalker enchantments aren't planeswalkers anymore. They're just enchantments, they lose uh, the yeah, other okay. types. Um but yeah, there's like a ton of different stuff you can do with uh, with Miracle. Also, there's, you know, the uh, enchantment synergy. Like um, there's a enchantress is a very powerful strategy in Commander. Um, there's lots of cards that care about how many enchantments you have. And you can have so many enchantments mm-hmm. with Miracle on the battlefield. Um, I think it's a really strong Commander. It's super fun. It's weird. And it enables this, like how much you commit to the Luxior Planeswalker strategy combo in this deck is questionable because um in a really streamlined miracle deck you either want to make sure that you're getting that combo every single game which is a bit sweaty and i don't really like that um or you you really want creatures not planeswalkers because just vanilla planeswalkers in this deck just don't have synergy with the with the commander um so it's a little bit like Mm -hmm. tricky to build i don't think it's too powerful unless you really go in on it, um, which isn't how I'd build the deck anyway. So yeah, I, I actually do really like this card. Okay. Well, I feel like you've essentially stolen that one from me. Um, so of the one, two, three, four commanders that you've picked, mm-hmm. if you had to only build one, which one would you build? Lazel. Uh, I, I want. I've always okay. wanted. I've always wanted to see Gith in Magic. So I, yeah, that's the one I would build. Okay. Fair enough. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. And once again, if you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends who like MTG. We'd also love it if you tweeted us at ChatterstormPod. And if you want to find us on Twitter, I'm Sarah Space 22 Josh is Salt and Josh21, and Sam, who isn't here today, is Sam Farouk. Drop us a follow. And that's a wrap. We'll catch you next week on the Chatterstorm podcast. Not annoying.